when it comes to improving your diet or finding a way to eat that really suits your goals and your needs and also brings you fulfillment and satisfaction and pleasure and joy and fulfillment and feeling good and good health. One of the main things that I give people advice on in the beginning phases of those journeys or where they may be catching themselves stuck in a loop, uh, stuck as in, I don't know what to eat. I don't know how to cook. I don't know how to make things taste good. Whatever those statements are that you tell yourself, I encourage people to start observing those thoughts or things that we say out loud, the ways that we talk ourselves out of doing what it is that we know we want to do. So I like to, I gave the example earlier in my own story of the belief, I don't know how to cook. Some other common things I hear with my clients are, I don't know what to make. I don't know how to make it taste good. I don't know what to order. I don't know what to buy in the grocery store. Uh, I can't figure this out. I'm never going to be any good at cooking or uh, my boyfriend won't eat that. A lot of negations. So I encourage you to write the statements down that you're hearing yourself as to why, how you're talking yourself out of doing the thing that you know you want to do or would like to do or could benefit from doing. Take a second, hear what those statements are that come up for you because I'm sure you've heard them many times. Uh, you repeat them to yourself and they're not going anywhere and they're still running through your head. So write them down on a piece of paper, get objective about the words. So we'll use the example of, I don't know how to cook. Don't is a negation. It points our attention on exactly on the thing that we uh, are trying to avoid, which is knowing how to cook. So instead of saying, I don't know how to cook, we could change that. And we could say, I can learn how to cook, or I can learn how to prepare a meal, or I can learn how to uh, make things taste good. We can change the words in what we are, the thoughts that we are saying to interrupt them and to create a new pattern and to create a new belief, create a new story. So if you want some support on changing some of those limiting beliefs that you have around how to change your diet, how to change what you're eating, how to enjoy what you're eating more, how to get more vitality from what you're eating, more pleasure from what you're eating, write those statements down. First step. Second step, look at the words. If you want some help and support on that, your girl Lada is going to help you out. She's an Enlifted Certified Coach, and we specialize in looking at the words and dismantling the stories around the things that hold us back and keep us stuck from going to uh, the results that we want. It gets much more simple, much more objective if you take the time to write them down versus just thinking them on repeat or saying them out loud or talking about all the reasons why you can't. Take the time, pick up a pen, write it down on a piece of paper, look at the words. Step number one. Step number two, reach out to Lotta for help. Thanks for having me, guys. Feeling stuck sucks. It's disempowering. We feel isolated. And we may make decisions that don't serve us or our loved ones. Your coaches, Lotta and Ryan, are here to help. Together, yes, that includes you. Let's get unstuck. This is the Fitwell Fusion Podcast. Hi. 
Hi, and welcome to the Fitwall Fusion podcast. My name is Lotta, and today I have a guest with me. It's Kimberly Kesting, and she's the community manager for the Unlifted Coaching Community, which is a practical mindset certification for coaches. The Unlifted system utilizes the power of words, stories, and breath to create world-class coaches who facilitate deep and lasting transformation for their clients. Kim is also a health and nutrition coach and real food advocate. She focuses on making eating simple and enjoyable. Thank you so much for being here. I'm honored to have you as a guest on this podcast. Thanks, Lada. I'm excited to share and chat about all that magic. I know. it's. I was always so hyped for this podcast. Super, super excited. So would you like to add on a little bit to about what you do, who you are, anything more than I just introduced you? Yeah. I mean, you covered a lot of it. So the the work that I do with the Enlifted Coaches is really primarily to, I actually technically I got promoted because we hired a new community manager, <laughs> which is Jenny Patton. So the, um, the role that I fill is, is I do all of our onboarding for new coaches, all of our marketing and our sales and really driving the big picture vision of how to grow and expand the coaching certification to reach more people and get more coaches into our sphere, learn our practical mindset tools, and to be able to to scale this work up, which is a big passion for me. I have been doing health coaching and nutrition coaching for about five years, a little over five years. And through that journey, you know, I started out working with people in gyms. I started uh, in a very like physical plane of trying to help people improve the quality of the food they're eating, like understand food quantity. And quickly I realized that the third pillar of my program was really mindset and mindset was the most important thing. The only thing that I needed to talk about with my clients to actually get them results. So I found and lifted in that journey and started to use that system, went through the certifications myself and just blew away the results I was able to get for my clients. Because once I was able to have like an actual set of system tools, like focus on words, what they're saying, how they're saying it, how they're breathing, what's happening with their nervous system. I was able to make really big shifts in their system of beliefs and how they viewed themselves, how they interacted with food, how they interacted with fitness. And then all, I was all in. I was like, wow, this mindset work is, is this is it. <laughs> so so I got the opportunity to join the Lifted team first with a little bit of support and marketing and then grew it into a full-time position. And then eventually, uh, even that, like the work was just getting bigger and bigger. So we brought Jenny on board. So then I, um, you know, had, now I have people that work with me and support me in the role to do, which is really awesome. And, uh, so my primary, like where I spend most of my time is with the getting lifted podcast, expanding the business, but then secondarily is my, uh, personal coaching. So I do coaching for women I teach group fitness classes at Row House, which is really fun and a great way to just uh, connect people to moving their bodies. And I get the opportunity to use some of my unlifted tools there. And then I co-host retreats with my friend, Rachel, who uh, does women's retreats called The Goddess Getaway. And really when I say co-host, I mean, I feed everybody. <laughs> she hosts everything. <laughs> um, and we have uh, a third friend of ours, Shira, who does yoga and tarot and astrology. 
And so we do retreats and bring all of our magic together. And I'm the chef, which is really fun because I get to teach women through that experience of feeding them and preparing food in a way that allows them to still interact with the food and uh, to have a say in what they eat and how much they eat and when they want to eat and really strongly uh, immersive experience with intuitive eating. So that's a super gratifying way to integrate it all. And yeah, I just, I love teaching people in any way that I can about how to be happier, healthier, specifically getting women into this equation of like empowering them and helping them just fall in love with what it is to be a woman and embrace it all. And yeah, it's just, that's my coach in a nutshell. (laughs) (laughs) I can feel that passion you have for being a teacher and just giving it out there. I mean, that's why I was like, I really want to have you share on this podcast, especially about nutrition and the things you're really passionate about. I'm grateful that you get to still do that coaching, even though you have all this other stuff going on. So you mentioned, and honestly, that's what I found as well, mindset is so important. So do you start people with the nutrition coaching with mindset or is it almost just mindset and then just a little bit of nutrition coaching? How do you tackle that? So the primary thing that I deliver now as my coaching has evolved and as my network has evolved, the type of clients that I work with has also grown. So now like I typically work, I have one client at a time just based on like my workload and uh, I'm very particular about who I choose to work with because the what I want to do is talk about food stories. And what I want to do is dive into their mindset around food and their relationship to food. And uh, the the results, like the physical results of weight loss or more energy or feeling better or more confident, all of those things are still super important to me. I am taking a different uh, route to get there. So the the expectation that I set with my clients is I want to hear your goals. I want to know where you um, what your past been with food and dieting and how you fueled yourself or how you look at your relationship with your body, where would you like to be? And then get really clear with them on the fact that we're going to work primarily on your mindset. I'm going to help you unravel some of the stories around restriction or the stories around, um, you know, like yo-yo dieting or, or beliefs or stories about how your body needs to look or how it should feel or um, going back into like your childhood when you learned how to behave a certain way around food or how you interact with food in groups or social settings. And I just set the expectation from the get-go that we're going to, I'm going to teach you how to fuel yourself for sure. But that's like, secondary, third, fourth, like fifth down the line, right? Because it's really, we're going to talk about how to build a strong relationship with yourself and with food so that you can, you know, food is a means to an end. It's not, it's not the sole focus of our lives. It's pleasure, it's fuel, it's connection, it's uh, creativity. It's like being able to have a really uh, nourishing and pleasurable eating experience is incredibly important to me. And the only way that we can get there that I found anyway, is like to be able to actually help people see food for what it really is and to, to dismantle the beliefs around, you know, carbs are bad. Or, um, if I eat the, if I eat more than 1200 calories, like I'm going to get fat. Like these beliefs are so in wired, especially in women culturally, societally from our mothers, uh, from our girlfriends that it's. I could te- I could give you the perfect meal plan. I could give you the perfect workout plan. I could I can prescribe to you how to do something. 
But if your mindset and your belief and your stories do not support those actions and behaviors, you're likely just going to fall deeper into restriction, more con- more uh, dissatisfied with what you're eating and how your body looks, and you're going to be in resistance to the pleasure of the whole experience. You're going to be in resistance to the whole um, journey of enjoying your life and enjoying what you eat and, and and no stress around it at all, right? Like I, I've had many conversations with so many women, specifically in men too, but just about how stressful eating is or how uh, how much time it takes up in their day to meal prep or how uh, they hate going to the grocery store. And my first question is like, well, why? And likely we can trace it back to a handful of specific events or stories and specific beliefs that they hold. And by unraveling those, now none of those things even matter or are a big deal. And we can actually find joy Food is one of the most amazing parts of life. Like it's my favorite thing. <laughs> you know, I like, love food too. Yes, <laughs> I love food. You know, like so. So why did I spend you know many years of my life like fighting against it or resisting it or demonizing it or shaming myself for it? It's like no, like this is part of the joys of being human. This is part of the reason why we want to be in this three D plane is to eat. <laughs> so like, how can we have like how can we have a better relationship with all of that and. It, to me, what I found over reps and reps and reps of clients was that it always came back to the stories and it always came back to the mindset and it always came back with how we interact with the food versus what is the right food to eat? Is this good for me? Is this bad? You know, even that language assigning good or bad or healthy or unhealthy is like, throw it out the window. <laughs> that is so funny. You're bringing it up that way because I literally had that realization too in one of the walks we do for the coaching certification as now i'm sure uh the listeners know because i bring this up all the time (laughs) um i realized that i looked at ingredients as good or bad or as having a problem and then i realized well that's my story about them that's my Mm -hmm. um interpretation because looking at the story work and i'm like it can't literally be good or bad it's it's an ingredient it's, it's a thing. So realizing that and then doing the story work, I'm at the beginning. That's why this is super beneficial that you're bringing this up because I did notice that, okay, whenever I do these things, I'm where I want to be. It's still hard. I can make this even more enjoyable looking into the stories. So I think this is so important what you're doing. Yeah. And it's, uh, if we get objective about nutrition and nutritional science, Yes, there are ingredients and things that you do not want to consume, right? Like yes. this, that, that's clear to me, right? There's it's, but it's very simple too, right? Like real food that grew from the earth or that lived on it. That was true. And if we're talking about uh, animals that lived on the earth, it's like that were treated humanely, that were uh, cared for in an environment that is how they are naturally supposed to be raised that there's like as minimal processing as possible. You're getting food that's locally sourced, uh, get to know where it comes from and be able to uh, be able to have that connection with the natural world through your food. And if we walk into a grocery store, you know, most of that food didn't come from down the street. It came from miles and miles and miles and miles and miles away on a truck. It's been through a food processing plant. It's been, you know, avocados that have been trekked in from Mexico. Um, if you're in Mexico, awesome. Eat those avocados. <laughs> I was <laughs> you know? just saying, I'm like, like, yay, from here. You're like, yes. Um, and like, you know, when we really get connected to where that stuff comes from and what, how much 
uh, processing it had to and supply chain it had to come through in order to get to our plate it's a big deal to recognize how much your food how much energy your food has interacted with prior to being consumed and what i found is that even if we talk about eating whole foods like natural fruits vegetables meats um even dairy and whatnot it's like those are all great for us if they come from good sources and so I'm living in Virginia right now, and I am thrilled with the access of food that I have, which is like I can get raw milk, I can get raw uh, dairy, like through this farm that's, you know, it's actually, I mean, it's probably about a 75 miles away from me, which is farther than I'd like it to be, but it's still pretty close. Uh, I get all my fruits and veggies at the farmer's market or a local grocer right here that sources from local farms, all organic. And like, it's very... um you know, like the, like I know where the food was sourced from. It's from within my state or close enough. And I grow food in my backyard, which is like my first experience with my own garden. And that's been really cool. And that might sound far away from where some people are in what they eat, but this has been an evolution for me over the past 10 years, you know, to get to this point, to recognize what really feels good in my body versus what, uh, doesn't feel so great. And so like going back to the idea of like being objective with nutrition, you know, like there's certain things I would tell everybody to avoid, you know, number one, seed oils, like don't eat that. <laughs> like, don't eat that. Please no. Uh, please no. Um, foods that come in packaging, like be critical about what's in there, you know, because that uh, right there shows you that it's gone through some processing and, uh, you know, the middle aisles of the grocery store, be really clear about when you go through, like pick up the foods, read the ingredient labels, read what it says is in there, check about, um, you know, how much added sugars there are, take a look at, um, you know, just overall quality of it. You want stuff like I'm a big advocate of eating organic, you know, and, and if, and also eat within what's in your budget, you know, like you don't need to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars a year on food or even hundreds of dollars a week on food or hundred dollars a month on food. Like you can be really savvy with a budget and eat really good food and, and be completely nourished by it. So it's like being able to work within what your priorities are, what your goals are, what your value system is. You know, for me, it's like, I've gotten to the point now where like, I do value spending my money with local farms. And so I'm willing to pay a little bit more or um, honestly, I think I pay less going to the farmer's market than I do going to Whole Foods. Like, I don't I don't really like, I don't value Whole Foods and Amazon. So I try to avoid shopping there when I can. Um, I value local farmers. I value organic food. I value uh, getting my body the highest nutrient density that I can and feeling really good. And so for some people that's, that's not their values, that's okay. Like you can still, you can go to any grocery store and get a healthy, you can walk out, you can walk into any grocery store and walk out with a like super nourishing, super healthy cart. And sometimes that includes like marshmallows or chocolate cookies or ice cream or chocolate or whatever. And, and it's, it's about what you want to have and how you want to experience it. And just making that choice with intention and making that choice from a place that is empowered rather than uh, shameful or self-deprecating or the desire to numb or just like, ignorance or checking out from it and just whatever, this is what I like or whatever, this is the easiest. Um, you know, I just eat all my meals from the microwave. I'm like, ah, 
<laughs> I know because what would you say to people that say, "Oh, I don't have the time to cook. I eat out. I order in." Because that's that's been with my personal like, tra training clients a big topic as well. In this world, makes sense. So what do you um, tell them? Yeah. So well. The first thing is like always meet people where they're at. So people come at different stage around what they're willing to do in the kitchen and what they're not willing to do, um, what they're capable of doing, what they're not capable of doing, what they want to prioritize and what they don't. So I always like I I I've met that resistance plenty of times with people. And at the most foundational level, sometimes my first uh step of supporting them is not actually changing the behavior of ordering out or um eating meals on the go is rather just helping them improve the quality of those meals. So rather than eating at McDonald's and Taco Bell, it's like, Hey, can we find a spot locally that like, maybe it's going to Chipotle, right? Because you can build a bowl that's going to have protein, carbs, and fat. And, uh, so it's not that different from what they're currently doing, but it's a step towards the right direction. Um, for some people, it's like, hey, can we just introduce cooking one meal a week at home and we're going to make it the most simple, easy meal that you know you like. It's one of your go-tos. It's something that you can recreate over and over again and getting them, just easing them into getting comfortable in the kitchen. Uh, going along with cooking at home requires like educating them on how to go through the grocery store and what to buy and how to how to plan a meal, how to go into the store and buy the right stuff, how to come home and prepare it. And I really love the idea of looking at food as art. So this is something that really helped me evolve in my own experience with cooking. Like I used to tell people I'm not I don't know how to cook. Like that was like I don't know how to cook, I don't know how to make things taste good, like just I lived in that story. And then all of a sudden it was like I I was on my own weight loss journey, I was getting healthier. And I realized like, I can't eat all this food out because I can't control the quantities or the quality as much as I want to. So I started like slowly but surely cooking and figuring it out. And then I realized I'm like, actually, I do kind of know how to do this. Like, okay, it's like not that hard. And then I got, you know, but I still didn't want to invest a ton of time in it. I wanted things to be as easy as possible. And then slowly but surely it was like my friends. Like I was living in New York City in um in community, like with roommates and people around. And they would just say, like, oh, can I have some of that? And I'm like, sure, I guess, like whatever. And then people started telling me, wow, this is really good. Like, wow, you eat so healthy and like you, this is really nourishing. I love it. So I start getting feedback from people that it was a, uh, you know, I'm getting evidence. I'm like, oh, actually, I do know how to cook. And like people like this. And then it became it evolved and evolved and evolved to where it was like, um, I'm in a big group of people and they're like, Hey, like Kim's really good at cooking. Like you think you can cook for all 20 of us? And I'm like, no, but challenge accepted. <laughs> and it just became like this. And then I learned that I could do that. And then I learned that, you know, it was like, wow, I really enjoy this. I love feeding people. This is awesome. And so then slowly but surely I moved out of that story of, I don't know how to cook into I cater retreats, you know, and like that was a big leap, but it took five years to get there, you know? So I give people the grace of saying like, you know, start where you are, like small steps to move closer and closer to that direction of where you want to be. Chunk it down, make it, make it this week. I'll cook one meal at home, not for the rest of the time. I'll cook one meal at home. And then really like, you know, it comes down to the education. So it's, I always like the three things I teach on is food quality, food quantity, and the mindset piece and mindset being the top of that pyramid. Um, but the idea of like 
preparing them to go into the grocery store, giving them easy, smooth recipes that they can make. Um, I'm not personally a huge fan of meal prep. Like I just don't like to eat that way. I find that I like to prepare meals uh, at like right before I'm going to eat them versus like having them ready on the go. But there are certain things that I could prepare ahead of time, whether that's like, you know, I'm going to cook chicken breast and there's like, you know, there, I can make four servings of it and I'm going to eat one hot with dinner, but then the other ones I'm going to use in a salad like later this week. So there's like components of meal prep that I'll do. And it's really just like helping people And like, this is what it is to be a good coach around this is just help people understand one step closer to where they want to be rather than having to walk the entire picture of going from, I, you know, eat through a drive-thru every night on my way home from work to I, you know, grow my own food and I, you know, pull peppers off the plant to go make fajitas. Like that's crazy, you know, <laughs> like, that's oh, I crazy. love it. <laughs> <laughs> but there's, but there's steps. There's so many steps in between and a good coach can take people on a journey of like, uh, okay, what's one thing I can do this week? What's like, if I do that consistently over this month, can I take it to the next step? And like, same thing with workouts, you know, people it's like going from no workouts to one or two a week is a big deal. And sometimes people are more willing to change movement and they're not willing to change food. And sometimes people are more willing to change food and they're not willing to change movement, but they all, and sometimes people are not willing to change their mindset around any of it. (laughs) So absolutely. That's why I love how you explain it and that you just go step by step and just saying, we'll move a little bit in the direction. And then as you see, as you just said, people feel the difference and they're like, okay, this feels good. I want more of this. Their intuition comes in. And uh, I just so resonate with that journey. That's, that's so amazing. And I'm so glad that you share this right now with us. So I'm wondering, and this is a two-sided question. What's uh what was the biggest struggle for you personally, if you want to share? And what have you seen that mm-hmm. your clients struggle the most with? Ooh, yeah, perfect. Okay. So for me, I I love sugar. I'm addicted to sugar. Like I am fully aware of that. Um, and a lot of what my struggle was in the beginning. Um, so to to bring it back to my own experience with nutrition and why I decided to get into coaching. Uh, in my late, in my early twenties, I gained a ton of weight. I was living in New York city. I was drinking, I was partying, I was eating takeout all the time. I was, um, numbing the experience of like, I was living a life that was totally out of alignment with what I really wanted to be doing. And so I found myself one day I woke up and it was literally like, not just one day, it was many days. I woke up feeling like crap. Um, just really uncomfortable in my body and just like feeling that this, like, you know, eventually got to a point where it's like something has to change, like strong, like drive right to the heart and decide like something's going to change. So I got back into the gym, which like I had been an athlete most of my life. So understood how to move. And my mom was a nutritionist. So I understood how to eat. And it was like, how did I, how did I become 250 pounds and like just completely out of my body, you know? Um, ding, ding, ding. It was mindset. It was the head and heart stuff that was driving me to have poor health behaviors. So I got back to the gym. I got some pretty good success. Like, you know, in the first like year or two of getting some weight off just by moving better without changing any of my eating or drinking habits or behaviors. And then eventually I hit a spot where I was like, no, you know, I do need to change how I'm eating because I do want to feel better. Like I already feel better, but I want to feel even better. So next layer is food. And I started to really, um, get clearer on what it was to truly nourish myself while 
being, you know, super active. So I was walking like over 10,000 steps a day living in New York. I was doing one to two workouts a day and I was just like underfueled, completely underfueled and feeling like crap because I'm eating all the wrong things and a very carb heavy diet without really understanding like how to, how to match the level of activity that I was doing. So I go down the path of like really learning about food quality, committing myself to understanding nutrition and and what worked in my body. And the entire time up and until now, even, even still now, like I w- always wanted to have balance. So I wanted to be able to have ice cream. I wanted to be able to eat brownies. I wanted to make cookies. I wanted to like go out to eat and have dessert. You know, like there was this desire for me of, of like it ultimately pleasure eating, which I really wanted to continue. And I had to work through a lot of my stories around the good and the bad or the healthy and the unhealthy or why I was even drive towards those foods because they were ultimately comfort, safety, um, numbing, right? Like I'm seeking pleasure here because I'm not getting it in these other aspects of my life. And, uh, or I was using them in like a way of like, um, bonding with other people. So it would be like, you know, my roommates, it would be like, we'd sit down and we'd eat a pint of Ben and Jerry's while we watched a movie. And it was like things that, that were, were always challenging because I really wanted it. I wanted that sugar high. I wanted that dopamine hit. I love the way that things taste, but then I would, you know, swing back and forth a lot with it to understand like, wow, when I have sugar every day, what does that do? It means I need to keep having sugar every day because my body is conditioned to it. Um, and when I take it out, how much better do I feel or what's different about how I feel? And, you know, like, I don't know if anyone's ever like let go of sugar for, for more than like a week at a time. It's challenging. (laughs) It's challenging. Yes, it is. I can see myself so hard in this. This is, yeah, (laughs) literally I do a couple days and then, you know, back there. So please keep going. I'm learning a lot. Oh, so I'm still learning with this, but it's like, ultimately what I've found was that I, I could go like one day and it would be so hard. And then I could go two days, but it was even harder. And then like day three, it was like, fuck, you know, like, just like this, like, it's this nagging in your head, like in the same way that an addict is fiending for drugs or alcohol is like how I felt towards sugar, um, how I still feel towards sugar sometimes. And what I found to be the balance that works for me and like just really is like the true resolution within myself of what I'm happy with is I everything else that I eat, right? So like my main meals and how I go about what I consume in my main meals is really high quality food with the occasional like eating out or the occasional treat or the occasional um, nostalgic food or whatnot, but it's all very intentional. And so if I want to have some sugar, like I'm allowed to, like I just gave myself like full blown permission. And what I do is I create boundaries around it, which is like, okay, either I'm going to make this myself, I'm going to bake this from scratch and I'm going to have it for myself, or I'm going to have it, um, you know, if I'm going to go out, like I'm going to go out and have that experience And if I want to have like a couple pieces of chocolate after dinner, I'm going to do it. And just like really understanding like everything, everything is a choice. So it doesn't own me. I don't like, I don't need it. I don't require it. And if I do feel that I need it or require it and it owns me in a way that is like, you know, I can't escape that loop or like I'm feeling really, um, really dependent on it. Then I check in with myself and I say, Hey, like what else is happening in my life? that's driving me to this because it's not about the sugar at all. 
It's, am I overworked and overstressed? Like, is my calendar too full? Is my, um, is there something off in my relationships? Like, am I avoiding saying something? Am I, uh, you know, like sacrificing myself somewhere? Am I, am I skipping my movement? Like, am I, you know, what's, what else is out of alignment? Because it's, it's never the food. (laughs) It's never the food. So it's become this journey of like really being able to observe my habits and behaviors, uh, intentionally choosing what I'm going to eat and then checking in and saying, Hey, you know, like you've had, like, there was a period of time, like, I don't know, this was like three or four weeks ago that I was eating marshmallows every day. And I'm like, why am I eating so many? Mar-? Like, I love marshmallows, but I'm like, why am I eating so many marshmallows? And I just like got to the point where it's actually funny. I was with Mark and we were going through the airport and I was like telling him about, I was like, yeah, I've been fiend on marshmallows. And I just saw some at this little like um, spot and I didn't buy them. I'm like so happy with myself. And I'm joking with him. He's laughing at me. And then I was like, yeah. And I was like, and then I just, you know, I keep asking myself, like, why do I keep eating marshmallows? And then I answered the question. I was like, because I keep buying them. And it was like mind blown. And he laughed at me and he was like, you know, he like kept bringing it up for the rest of our trip. And I was like, yeah, but sometimes it really is that simple. It's like, you know, we ask these, like, you know, why do I keep eating ice cream or like, damn, like, oh, why do I keep skipping my workouts? Like answer the question, answer the question because there is a reason. And it's like, if I'm keeping marshmallows because I keep buying them, you know, even then, like it's because I go to the store, I put them in my cart and I give them my credit card, you know? So, (laughs) So it's like, you can break it down to these things and then you can laugh at a little bit with a little bit of levity and say, you know what? Yeah. Marshmallows are cool. Like s'mores are great. And like, I can have them once in a while. I don't need to keep buying them. Um, even though they're smash mellow, they're like pretty good quality, but it's still a marshmallow. So, you know, um, but yeah, it's just funny. So being able to like observe and, uh, check in without, without too much judgment, you know, just enough, uh, objective look at your own behaviors to say, Hey, is this in alignment with what I want? Is it not? And is it the right decision in this moment versus is this a decision in alignment with my long-term goals? And and just like, yeah, always check in, always check in. And it's, yeah, it's a journey. It's a oh, journey. it's amazing. <laughs> Honestly, I think this is already really important for people. I also like not the why am I buying them or like how am I eating them, right? You're like, yeah. well, how? Oh, because I bought them. Oh, oh. And I, I totally resonate with that. It's, I think this already helps people a lot just hearing that and being like, yeah, that's, that's how things happen. And then yeah. being aware of, I am hooked right now. So what's going on in my life? Maybe I'm not sleeping enough. As you said, too, yeah. too much stress. Things come up for me the same way. And then, of course, the second you, you do it one day, the next couple of days, that's where you get tested because that's when it comes up more again, right? It, I honestly think uh, sugar is as addictive as other things, most likely even more because it doesn't seem so harmful. So I think this helps people already a lot. So was that a similar um, problem you figured that your clients have with the sugar? Yeah, well, so I think that the maybe it's sugar or maybe it's something else, uh, but the pattern of... Uh, of that pain point is similar, which is I'm doing something I don't want to be doing. I can't get myself out of that loop. Right. And again, here's conflict language. Like I'm doing something I don't negation want to be doing. I can't negation get myself out of the loop and being able to, and then beating ourselves up over it, like just like self-sabotaging and beating ourselves up for it. And sometimes what it takes is just getting clear 
on what it is that you're doing and observing the habits and behaviors. So one of the things, one of the exercises that I do when I first onboard a client is, and it's always fun to watch their reaction to this, um, is I tell them, all right, cool. Like you just signed up for this coaching. Perfect. Here's how we're going to start. I don't want you to change a single thing. And they're like, what? No, that's not like, that's not, hold on a second here. That's not why I hired you. Um, and I'm like, no, I want you to, without changing anything, I want you to log your food for a week and not in the way of calories in calories out. I want you to start from the beginning of your day until you go to sleep, put timestamps on what's happening. And you're going to write down what you had, uh, how your energy was and, uh, why you chose to eat that. And without even, uh, giving them directive of changing anything, right? So it's like just purely ob- observe, observe the starting point. And I want you to write a little bit at the end, right? So I'll give an example for people if they want to try this exercise for themselves. It's like, you know, I wake up at 7.30. It took me 15, 20 minutes to get out of bed because my energy was a little low. Um, I snoozed my alarm three times and then I got up and I made coffee. And after having coffee, you know, I put cream in my coffee and a little bit of sugar And then after having my coffee, I went right to answering my emails. And then, you know, the time flew by before I knew it, it was 11 o'clock and now I was starving and I needed to have lunch and, but I had a meeting right after. So all I did was grab, um, you know, like a protein bar out of my kitchen and already, I mean, you're probably like, this is a horrible day of eating. Right. But like, people don't realize like how much this can happen. And then, you know, it's like, okay, it's two o'clock and now I got to have like a real lunch. So I had leftovers from the night before, um, but I didn't have quite enough for what I wanted. So then I had a candy bar after lunch to give me a little extra boost. And then three o'clock rolls around and I was like, damn, my workday is like slammed. So I'm going to have another cup of coffee and mind you, like they haven't had any water (laughs) yet. Right. Like there's like all these things that come through that you're like, wow, okay. So, so what's happening is I'm waking up and I'm lethargic to get out of bed. Then I immediately hit coffee for the wake up effect. I haven't had any water. I go right into my workday without any practices for myself to get grounded, to get centered, to check in, to feel good. And then I'm consumed by my workday. My food is an afterthought. And by the time that the end of the day rolls around, I'm too tired to cook. So I go and I order food from the delivery service. Um, it was okay. I didn't love it. You know, at this point in the day, I'm like, my energy's tanked. I just want to sit on the couch and watch Netflix. And they're in that cycle, like day after day after day, and they know it's not working. They know it doesn't feel good. Um, or maybe you're maybe you're further down the path than that. And like you have a pretty good day of eating, but you're still feeling that lethargy getting out of bed, or you're, you know, you're going to bed too late, or you know you could have more water. Like even if you're further down the scale of awareness and like you think you do pretty well, but you're noticing your energy isn't really working for you, doing that log of your day and checking in over multiple days, not just one time, but you know, five, seven days is like the baseline, right? A full work week. And then plus the weekends, cause you're going to behave differently during the week than you are on the weekend and looking for patterns and looking for the spot where you can say, Oh, you know what? Crap. Like every day around three o'clock, I go for coffee or sugar and why, you know? Okay. Well, because lunch isn't satisfying enough. And then it's like, well, why isn't lunch satisfying enough? Oh, because I didn't prepare it or I didn't plan for it or I didn't have time in my calendar. And then we can say, all right, so if we can pick one thing that we can change, like just one thing, which is maybe at first is like add in more water before we have the coffee, or maybe it's um, 
just simply getting somebody to prepare time in their calendar for lunch, like block it off for the next five days from 12 to one, put a block in your calendar so that no one can book a meeting at that time. And that's your time to nourish yourself. And then talk about, even then it might be just blocking the calendar. It might not be talking about anything about what they're going to eat because it's just like one change at a time, one habit at a time, one space at a time, and then build, 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 build. And what, what I found universally is like it snowballs really quick because as soon as we get that, like, um, like that spot in the day, that's the linchpin of like the problem or where it's, um, where they're most willing to change, even if it's not the biggest change, even where they're just most willing to change, then all of a sudden the rest will click into place because they're going to want, they're going to say, wow, that was better. Okay. What else can I do? That's better. Oh, okay, cool. Like I can, I don't need to set my alarm to get up earlier. I can actually stay waking up the same time, but what I want to do is I want to get up and I want to have water and go for a 20 minute walk and then come home and have my coffee. You know, it's like super small behavior changes that just make such a massive impact on your overall energy. And and you alluded to this earlier. It's like, I feel better and now I want to feel even better. And that just, and there's always up, there's always up. So, <laughs> so it's like people who want to get like, go from that, like place of, uh, I don't feel great or even like, I feel okay, but I could feel better too. I feel pretty good, but I know there's more, like there's always a layer to go. And there's almost always comes down to just being objective with the habits and behaviors. What happened today? Why did I choose the thing I chose? How can I be more intentional about it tomorrow? And it, before you know it, it becomes habits. And before you know it, it becomes routine. And like, I don't even think twice about you know, if I wake up and I have water because it's, of course I do. Like it feels so good to have water when I first wake up. Um, and just delaying that time before I go and have a coffee or it's, or if I, you know, or God, if I wake up one day and I go straight to the coffee, I know how it's going to feel. So I'm doing it intentionally. I know how it's going to feel. Um, usually not good. So it's like, it's just being aware of that feedback that your body will give you. And um, yeah, it can be, and because I coach people very much in the land of intuitive eating, I don't, you know, it's like, it's being able to say, that's why that exercise works really well. It's like, you know, give the timestamps, what you ate, why you chose to eat, to eat it, and then how it made you feel right? Connecting the dots between this food makes me feel like this and not just feel like right as you're eating it or right after you eat it, but a couple hours after you eat it. How do you feel? What's your energy like then? Because it takes food some time to move through our system. And, uh, you know, even just like helping people recognize that if they eat uh, a lot of fats, you know, people are like, oh, I ate a ton of cheese. Okay. And now I feel bloated. It's like, okay, well, there's a few things that are happening there. One, it could be that, you know, you the quality of the cheese is not good and you're sensitive to it. Your, your gut microbiome is like, can't digest that well. Or it might just be that like cheese is fat and fat takes longer to digest. And so you're fuller for longer. And in the, maybe coupled with the fact that it's like not the best uh, for your personal digestive tract, you could be paying the price for that for hours and hours and hours after. And it's just helping them recognize that, oh, this has this input has this output and this feeling and track it. Oh, hmm. Okay. Well, what if I just have the burrito without the cheese? How does that feel? You know, it's like, oh, wow, that felt great. And then all of a sudden their favorite food no longer has to be omitted. It just needs to be slightly modified. So that's a long winded. 
<laughs> way of explaining it. Um, but it's all super important. You know, it's all super important. It's just track like how the intention, the result, the the process of the whole thing and and looking at it from a way where you can be objective in the in the inputs and in the result of those inputs, but then also looking at the story around it too. You know, so it's it's food is complex. Like it's complex. It's super simple, but it's super complex. Like the and each person's relationship with it is totally different. So it's start with that mindset piece and it will unlock a lot for people. I think it also comes to that people um have to take responsibility for what they eat and they have to realize, oh, I can't just follow this diet. I actually have to take that step and look inside of me and notice. How does it make me feel? And it can't be my partner or my kids or my friends that tell me how I feel because they have no idea. And I feel that can be really scary for people to take that responsibility because, you know, a lot of people come from that. But how do I know? I don't know. These people have so much more knowledge than I. So what would you do with people that are like, how do I know? I haven't studied this. I don't know these things. What do you say to them? Yeah, it's it becomes about checking in with your body. So rather than taking a logical approach to what you're eating or how you're eating, uh, check in with how your body feels. So I am a big believer that uh, one, your intention around a diet plays a big deal into the results you'll get around the diet because your mind does influence your body. But then also the idea that like um, like uh, the one that's coming to mind in front of my brain is uh, people who choose to be vegan and you know, a vegan diet can be healthy for, for someone if they want it to be, uh, I don't prefer it like, because I've, I've had the experience of, it and I don't prefer it, but how did I know that? Right. So what I recommend that people do is that when they are choosing a diet logically, and maybe with veganism, it's the idea of like, um, wanting it's a moral thing or it's an ethical thing, or they've, they've, they're, they have their, they have their reasons. Um, I, completely honor and respect your reasons. What I want to ask you in the sense of like, why did that, why did you pick that particular diet is nothing to do with, you know, your ethical decisions or moral decisions uh, and any of that. What I want to ask you is how does that feel? You know, how does it feel energetically for you? Do you feel strong? Do you feel energized? Do you feel fulfilled? Do you feel satisfied? Do you feel pleasure? Like, are you getting like the nutrient density that you need? Are you getting the satisfaction that you want through what you're eating? And if the answer to all those questions is yes, and it matches your, your ethical and moral decisions, then hell yeah. Congrats. Like that's awesome. Um, or like, you know, carnivore diet to go the exact opposite. Somebody who's like, I only want to eat meat. Um, how does it feel? Like, how does it feel? Do you feel energized by it? Do you feel satisfied in it? Do you enjoy what you eat? Uh, do you feel full and nourished by it? Do you have, do you have strength? Do you have energy? Do you feel mentally clear? And if the answer is yes, then I'm like, hell yeah, perfect. Um, and it's really just like training people to, to rather than to think about what they're eating is to feel into how they're eating. And so have a meal and feel what that feels like, you know, it's, um, like for myself, when I went down, like when I dramatically reduced animal proteins, what happened was, it was, it was somewhat unintentional. And then sometimes it was like, oh, let me just, then once I realized it, I could test it out. Um, and then I went on a yoga retreat where I was vegan for an entire week. And I was just like, this is horrible for me. <laughs> and, and why, right? Because it was because I could tell 
that when I eat really high quality beef, like grass fed, grass finished, locally sourced beef, I feel so good. And when I omit that, I, I feel like I'm lacking something. And so it's like, I encourage people to try any, like any diet that intellectually calls you or like, like you're like, Oh, that sounds like it would be a good idea. I invite you to try it with taking in that sensory perception of how do I feel? What's my overall energy? Like, am I happy in what I'm eating? Do I enjoy this food? And is it, is it really serving me across all of my needs? Because I can, you know, and I'm not like, you know, pointing the finger at vegans, but it's just like an easy one to say, which is that like, there's people that I know that choose to be vegan that, that don't answer yes to all those things. And they're actually sacrificing their own needs over a moral or an ethical issue in which case, like, you know, I'm by each his own, right. Every, I support anybody who chooses anything that they want intentionally, but what I, what, where I fall in that lane is like, I need to put myself first over everything. And if I'm feeling good, then I can do good work and I can be a good friend and I can be a good partner and I can, I can help other people. But if I'm not feeling my best, then I can't do any of those things. And so it's like, I always come back to like, fill your own cup f- first with food <laughs> that really actually works, you know, versus like being on your, you know, pedestal about, or even like paleo or keto or, you know, whole 30 or, uh, just like, you know, insisting that you eat a box of animal crackers every day. Like, I don't know, whatever your thing is like, it's like, just ask yourself, like, am I getting pleasure from this? Is it giving me energy? Do I feel good? Am I happy with my overall choices? And if yes, like eat whatever you want, eat whatever you want. (laughs) Absolutely. I love this. This goes full circle and it just makes so much sense because as you said, you, you accept however anybody wants to eat and all you ask them is to really do an honest look. And that's where I believe some people will have a aha moment, like, okay. And some Mm -hmm. people will be like, awesome. What I want is in aligned with what my body wants. So that's amazing. As we're coming full circle round towards the end, can you let us know how people can find you if they, I know you're not doing a lot of nutrition coaching, but how can people find you and just benefit from your wisdom? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I do, I host the Get and Lifted podcast and I talk a lot about food and overall holistic health and the mindset piece for sure. We talk about, I mean, we bring in topics uh, across all planes of health and wellness, um, mental health and wellness, physical health and wellness, spiritual health and wellness, and really being able to connect all those dots because this is part of a bigger system and a part of a bigger conversation. And so like food is one component uh, and that is one of my most passionate things. So there's a handful of different episodes you can check out with people that are experts in nutrition or that where we talk about food. And uh, if you have requests about people that you want to hear us talk to, hit me up with those as well, because we love hearing that. It's like what people really want us to dive deeper on. And that's the best place to like immediately get more from me. The uh, If you're a coach and you love the idea of like wanting to learn how to incorporate the mindset piece into your coaching and help dismantle those stories and help people really get clear about what they're actually wanting to do. We offer a coach's certification, which Lada has been singing our praises. So I'm sure you already know. Yes. Um, <laughs> she's like guilty. Um, so the Enlifted Coaches certification is where we'll teach you how to use these tools, words, story, and breath to really like 
get your clients thinking differently and change their beliefs. And then if you're like really fiend, like you're like, Kim, I need you, you to coach me. (laughs) There's two ways that that can happen. One, you can reach out to me, um, via email. My email is Kimberly at inlifted.me, or you can come to the goddess getaway in Hawaii, which we have coming up in the end of this year, it's December 3rd through 10th. And I will be, I will be teaching you and cooking for you at the same time. So it's an immersive experience with other women learning how to improve themselves physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, the whole, the whole thing is on the table. Um, and Food is a massive part of that experience about immersing yourself into intuitive eating, immersing yourself into healthy cooking and experience. And you get to eat all of your meals overlooking like the beautiful Pacific ocean on an Island in Hawaii. So I don't know. I mean, that sounds pretty magical to me. Which sounds very amazing. That's awesome. I'm going to put all these links in the show notes so that people can right click on there and get to connect to you. And now I know we covered a lot of topic. I'm sure the listeners have already gained so much knowledge. Is there something you'd like to end this podcast with? Something you were like, oh, we didn't touch on this or I'd love to share this. This is dear to my heart. Just any short thing come to mind here to round this up? Hmm. Well, I love the, uh, going back to the question that we talked about, about, you know, how do I go from eating out to eating more meals at home? It's really, really Think about your thinking around that, right? So think about the thoughts that you're having that bring up objections to getting into your own kitchen and write those statements down. So like for me, the example I gave was, I don't know how to cook. Um, Write down an exhaustive list of them. You know, it's like, I don't know what to cook. I don't know what to buy. I don't know how to make things taste good. Uh, I don't like what I eat. I can't you know, my boyfriend won't eat that, like whatever the things are that give you those objections that you hear in your own mind, I invite you to write a list of them down and see them on the piece of paper about, okay, is this, is are these things true first and foremost? And then really like seek, look at the list and say, where am I using a lot of negations, which is can't, won't, don't, shouldn't, couldn't. Uh, I mean, we can go on for days. Anything that's a not. <laughs> you know, um, and look at that and then see, like, if I sub that word, if I say, I, I don't know how to cook to, I do know how to cook, or I could learn how to cook and just see how that lands differently for you. So use your own words. You don't have to, maybe, maybe it's the same as mine. Um, but use those, use your own words, write them down and then say like, where, where am I meeting resistance that I could make a few swaps and if you need help with the language coaching, reach out to Lada. She's got you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, Kim. I love this. This is the perfect end to this episode, going like right back to where we started at the mindset. Thank you so yeah. much. I learned so much from this. I am really excited for everybody to listen to this. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you so much for being here. If you enjoyed the podcast, please leave us a review on your favorite listening platform. There is more to us than the podcast. Your community awaits you in our free Facebook group. Click the link in the description to join the conversation now. You can also follow and connect to us on social media. Thank you again so, so much for listening. We really appreciate your time and support. With love, Lada and Ryan.